Well, hello, ladies and gents. You're with Adrianosaurus, the coach of the Living Tavita Loca. Uh, we're here in the first week of head-to-head finals. How exciting! Um, you know, it's it's a round, I guess, with a lot of monster scores out there, thanks to some manly players. But you know, there's a good spackling of some real disappointing scores in there as well, which we'll go through when we go over players and scores. Um, look, how did I do last week? Uh, you know, I didn't really sort of finish off, you know, the regular rounds very well last week. It was a bit of a lower scoring round. I got 1172 uh, in the wash up and I did lose rank. I went down 139 ranks to an overall rank of 703. Um, I, I sort of guessed, that, you know, based on scores, that's where I'd be around, you know, lose a couple of hundred. Um, you know, and this week, First round of the head-to-head finals, um, a big week for most of us who play head-to-heads and cashies and things like that. Um, score for the week for me was sitting on a 14.75 thanks to a lackluster Kalen Ponger in the, the last game. He got 30-odd. We'll cover him in scores, but the Knights, mate, they might have got the win today, but I don't think there was any real winners in that game. And, uh, you know, the NRL itself doesn't win at all having either of those teams in the finals this year but um we'll go through scores when we talk about that later but 1475 it has me winning seven of my 10 head-to-head leagues um there's one big cashy i think it's a hundred dollar buy-in i'm really fucking pissed off so fucking pissed off up against ashley in the gamblers um and you know i had an easy win on the cards all i needed was just for ponga to go 70 you know and I would have easily got uh, taken care of Ashley and, and to lose in a $100 head-to-head. I mean, I'm going to get a second bite of the cherry because I was top four, but um, we've got some huge, huge news and a lot of people, players out. Fielding 17s has been hard for the most part of the year in a way, but even especially late you know, on, the, on in the year, but we've lost some big, um, well-owned players um, for a number of weeks. Um, you know, in this final series, it's going to kind of be a matter of does anybody have any trades left to do anything about it? Or two, have you managed to be uber lucky and avoid the carnage? Because people are going to be doing head-to-heads where it probably might even be 15 versus 16 and stuff. But um, look, 1475, I think it's probably actually maybe par. I, I mean, I don't think it's an ex- enormous score. 7 out of 10, it's sort of midway, you know, for me. I think probably 1450 or 1400 to 1425 to 1450 is going to be par this week. Yeah, 1400 to 1450 I think is par. So I might see a couple of little green arrows and it was really disappointing. I was on for a big 1500 in there. Um, you know, Tommy Turbo got downdated and lost a try assist, which was fair because he, he didn't get it. That wasn't a try assist, um, which I was expecting, but... You know, you kind of, today you think Pong goes 70, 80 at least minimum. And there were so many issues with the way that he played today um, and and also the, the strategy and play style of the Knights in in a must-win game against, you know, one of their opponents for the eight. It was just baffling to me, and we'll talk about that later on. But, yeah, so 14.75 is going to be just ahead of par for me. Um and, you know, we'll we'll cover all the big topics when we get to them. But let's start with the Turbo Sammy's Cup. Um, first round of finals. Now, I finished in, you know, on the ladder in fourth. Um, and lucky me, I got a, a sausage last week by Tim Moody, 
the Viliami coach, um, who's in first overall for Super Coach, and he gave me a sausage in the last regular round. Um, and I was hoping to get up to third in the Turbos Hemi so I could avoid him in the first week of finals. But, you know, sure enough, because I finished fourth and he was first, uh, we do get two bites of the cherry, but I, I had him this week in the first round of finals. And it looks like I might get um, get over the top of him. It's like um, upset of the year. <laughs> hey, knows that a big upset win. Uh, 1475 to me to 1433 for him. Um, look, you know, it was probably... It was a tight tussle, really, for, for the most part, because, you know, he, unfortunately, with the send-off to Maddo, you know, Maddo was looking like getting near 100 in that game and then finished on 45. He probably he loses the point for the send-off, and it was quite a, a ways from the end, and that's just completely, you know, oh, so unlucky, and I feel bad for you, Timmy, if you're out there. It's just a hard luck, you know, and in the previous weeks, you know, there's been matchups that, you know, Kickout's just done extremely well in, and he got an 18 this week, and I think he got a 10 in the bin or something, and, you know, he finished on an 18, um, which, you know, it was a matchup that you would have thought that Kickout would have been great in. Um, Tupanua, you know, 28, some couple of low ones in there. I mean, I wasn't without some low ones as well. I got 20 from Josh Adokar, I mean, far out. You need, you know, Josh hasn't got, you know, a great base and you need, you do rely on tries, but 20 points, you take some dummy half runs, mate. Like, honestly, you only got a few more games left for the Storm. Don't you want to go out on a bang? I just, you know, with Harry Grant and the Cheese, and it's probably a bit of a controversial um, statement, but, you know, the Storm are too predictable, I think, you know, at the moment with Harry Grant and... Um, the cheese. I mean, look, they're dynamic runners from dummy half, but like in a set of six, four of them are dummy half runs, and you know they make fifteen meters a run. But the edges for um, for the Melbourne Storm, particularly when you know Harry Grant and 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 the cheese are in a mood, the edges just catch cold out there, and it's all just straight up the guts. And look, you know, it's a great strategy. And it seems you know you can't knock the Melbourne Storm based on their success rate and flying away looks like runaway premiers almost and they're on top of the ladder but I just reckon you know they've been a bit scrappy and the Raiders really gave them a, you know a, a heavy go and they got a, a heavy run for their money the week before as well Melbourne Storm and I think teams are working out how to play him and I think that um, how do I say it I think that Melbourne Storm look better with Nico Hines on the field than they do with Pappenhausen I know that Paps was the premier fullback at the start of the competition, and he 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 he's going to come back and get bigger minutes, and Nico Hines will probably go back to the bench utility role, or maybe he'd be in the halves actually because the old Hughes um cop got knocked out, but um by CHN, but um look, I just think there's no surprise that Melbourne Storm didn't score in the second half this week or the week prior because Pappenhausen is all out of sorts, and I think he looks like he's getting slightly better, but it's it's. He's not even in the same stratosphere as Hines is on form at the moment. Um, and I guess maybe the way that Hines has fit in with the team, the edges come alive. And then you've got Harry Grant, and, and it wasn't Harry Grant, but just the cheese up the middle doing his dummy half runs and Hines in the sweep plays. You know, you've got Melbourne Storm with Pappenhausen, who's an up the middle, up the ruck type um, fullback. And you've got Harry Grant and you've got... Um, you know, Harry and, and the Cheese all up the middle of the field. And, and I just don't think Melbourne look as good when Pappenhausen and Cheese and Harry Grant are all on the field. And and I think this sort of fadeaways, in a sense, in second halves are, are a result of that. But um, 
anyway, uh, looks like I'm going to get the the W, you know, unless updates are really, really kind to um, Timmy in the Moody, but he obviously gets a second bite at the Cherry, finishing top of the ladder, but Ado gets a week off in the Turbos Hammies, which is bloody good. <laughs> An overall year of the old Turbos Hammies, and I win in the first week of the finals, being a top four finisher, so straight through. Um, I was a little worried in that last game because Ramian scored early and, um, you know, he needed like 120 from Ramian, but, um, <laughs> you know, got 84 and, and it actually played pretty bloody good today, Ramian. But anyway, so Ado gets the week off and I'm really happy about that. All right, the talking points for the week. Um, Turbo. Oh, mate. What a score on the weekend. Um, even though he downdated and he got taken off early as well, he would have been up around the 200 points. Um, the cheekbone. Now they're saying it might be like a hairline fracture there. It's just come through while the football's on, out for two weeks. And look, do you trade Turbo? Who are you going to trade him to for fullbacks? You know, like Gutho's no good, Pappenhausen is no good, and Hines is no good because they're taking minutes from each other and Gutho's out of form. Ponga, go and bang you out of 30. Today, Teddy, maybe? You know, um, there's going to be these head-to-head finals where, um... You know, this is going to put people in an absolute world of hurt. And how good and how exciting a captain choice is going to be next week with Turbo out. So they reckon two weeks, maybe the rest of the regular games. So, you know, Turbo, it could be Turbo done for super coach purposes for the rest of the year. And that's an absolute blow and a half because other news from the week is that CHN is going to cop the three weeks for that sickening hit on. Uh, Jerome Hughes, isn't it? Wasn't it devastating as a super coach? Because everyone's got CHN. You watch one of your players knock out one of your other players, and essentially, it's going to be a real rough old turnaround. You'd think for Hughes for next week. You think it's going to be at least a week out because no memory of the game and stuff is is sort of worrying. But I mean, look, I don't know for sure, but CHN is going to be gone for three weeks, and that's that's a kibosh. From on my team because I have CHN and not that I was playing him but I could use him next week I tell you that much but gone for three Turbo looks like he's gone for two or possibly more and Hughes we don't know but he I would be if I was taking a guess you know um, he's got to be at least a week you think with with the concussion so um, Starling has has broken his jaw so he's gone for the rest of the year um, just just like always, all year, it's just carnage, carnage, carnage. I mean, oh, come on. Tommy, just wear one wear some, one of those plastic guards that the uh, basketballers wear and get out there and play, mate. You'll be right. Um, anyway, um, look, uh, on the talking points, I think the Broncos were robbed. Um, you know, that penalty at the end of the game, how, how do you challenge the play of the ball for the next play? It already happened. How do you go back and challenge the play before? Because where that so-called high shot happened was the play before, but it all goes, gets squared away, no worries. And then the next play of the ball happens, and then there's the fumble in the in the play of the ball. But they go back and, can I challenge the play previous things? I didn't think that's how our NRL game works. Not to mention that I think, you know, it was no worse than, you know, a poke in the eye. You, you get those accidental poke in the eyes. I mean, that was barely even a slap, mate. You know, you can get a, you get a harder slap off a little five-year-old kid. And, you know, I think it was a terrible, terrible call. I mean, um, two points, you know, to seal the game for the Strombreros. And, and I just think it was not even a penalty for a start. And second, you can't challenge a play pre previous. You know, like the refs can go back and say, oh, you know, you're on report for that thing back in earlier in that play. But as the captain who you want to challenge a call, 
You can't challenge a call that happened five minutes ago or three minutes. The last play, you've got to challenge it on the uh, live, the, the play that you're on. Anyway, but that's my point on that. Um, the Cleary, I think that's 100% a shoulder charge. Um, he, he didn't wrap his arms, and they, they say, oh, there was no force. It was enough force to... Um, you know, to dislodge the ball and get Penrith, they went and got, scored a try from it. So he he goes up, puts a shoulder on on Bird, but it dislodges the ball, and then they go run away and score. So I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think this you have to have some force to dislodge a ball, don't you? And you know, it, it, the degree of 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 um, shoulder charge, they can argue that at the at the bloody tribunal, or whatever at the, but. He has to be. He has to come forward. He has to be put forward as a shoulder charge, a minor one, but not wrapping the arms. Definitely force. He's bullshit after the game that I couldn't lift my arm because the player was close to me. There was no player within fifty centimeters either side of him. And look, he might have been bracing for impact, but that's not how you brace for impact. And all I would say to everyone out there is, that imagine if that is just the exact same thing that happened. In on with the dislodging of the ball and put Jack Hetherington in there or Victor Adley doing exactly the same thing. I guarantee you they might go through and have carryovers and get worse penalty or whatever, but they would certainly be fronting up to the judiciary for a shoulder charge if it was one of them. Um, so Victor's going to go with that tackle. It was a bit of a nasty one on the old legs. I think it was accidental, but it's very dangerous and he's going to be gone for three uh, to four weeks, I don't even know if they'll challenge it. And poor old Victor, he he's suffering now as a result of priors and um, you know carryover points. Um, Maddo with a real horrible high shot. It looks like he's going to be three to five weeks. So a lot of teams are going to have, you know, you're going to have a combo of Turbo, CHN, Hughes, Victor, Maddo. Um, wow, it's just carnage, carnage, carnage. And, you know, it's going to be a tough... I mean, I'm lucky in the Turbos, Hammies, I get a week off because I wouldn't be... I can't field the team next week, you know? Even if I made all... Use final trades, I still can't make... I'm losing CHN, Hughes, Turbo, you know? Um, it's... People can't... You can't... You can only cover so many, you know? And I guess, you know, that word depth and everything like that. But I think just gone past that everyone's depth has just been beyond tested this year um another thing i noticed is that um oh mate the the titans you know old mr superstitious there are we're not going to bring Fogarty in because old mate there the the rookie's doing well and we're going to keep starting david from the bench because it's been working in the previous weeks when we've got some wins you're not playing a fringe or a low of the table team. You're playing Souths. And and when Dave came on, it was 18-0 down. And, and look, you know, the energy from Dave is, is down. And, um, you know, the score reflected it. Nearly, the one only damaging run he made was that one for the try line, which was disallowed. And he didn't seem to be running with any venom out there at all. And it's, mate, you've you got to be really concerned, Titans fans, about, about David and I think coach is just too superstitious and I, I don't know you want to keep doing it next week mate you copped an absolute rogering off um off Souths uh in that game and and you know the Titans want to make finals I mean your million dollar man on the bench didn't work for you this game at all um and mate the energy levels of some of these top you know top on the line super coach options this year like the way that David Fafita started the year he's a shadow of his of his form earlier in the year. Um, and look, Souths, mate, uh, they're definitely, 
you know, top four material this year, but the way they go missing in second halves and they just they go on holidays in the second half of, of games. And I think, well, so many games they barely even score a try. They got one, I think, in the second half of this game. And, you know, basically for, you know, your Cody Walkers and, and, um, and that, they end up like 10 points better than what they were at halftime. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they just go, all right, we'll put my slippers on and I'm, I've done my job in the first half. And, and Souths are going to, you, you know, you if you want to win a premiership this year, you've got to go out and play 80 minutes. You've got to play 70 minutes at minimum. You can't have these clock off in the second halves. And I think they're going to have some tough games to finish the year, South, and it's going to really test out whether, you know, can you run with the big boys? I mean, maybe Penrith and, and Melbourne. I just think Melbourne's going to have no trouble with them, especially if they can't get the intensity going in the second half. Um... Look, the Knights and the Ponga use today was really concerning as a watch. And I mean, I'm a Raiders fan. I don't have any stake in it apart from the fact that I own Ponga in Supercoach. But, you know, there's so many plays today in the game where full set of six would happen and Ponga didn't touch the ball one single time. I don't understand how um, Jake Clifford had the ball on the fifth tackle so many times on Ponga's preferred, you know, on his left side where Jake Clifford is, it's not even a Ponga from Wish. Jake Clifford is a Moses, he's Moses from Wish. You know, he's he's Gutho from Wish. Ponga is one of the most sublime ball players in our game. And Pierce and Clifford were handling the ball way too much in today's game. And Ponga, you know, Ponga's not even, when they put up these big bombs, he's just staying behind the play. He's not even running forward. Some of his greatest tries were just going up and outleaping the opposition fullback, taking a mark. And, you know, Ponga's just sort of running and, and he's not even going deep into the line. He's just dishing off passes. And, you know, he looked a little elusive on a couple of times that he ran the ball. But Ponga didn't hand, handle the ball enough today. He, if I, if I was the coach of the Newcastle Knights, I would be like, if Ponga asks for the ball, his voice is the voice that overcalls absolutely everybody in the team. Fuck you, Pierce. And sorry, Jake, you earn your stripes, mate. And maybe in a few years you can overcall. But if Ponga wants it, Ponga gets it. And, you know, th- you look at these two premier players in our game, David Fafita and, and um, Kalen Ponga, and the energy levels are, are concerning. And the Knights got over the line with a win today, but it wasn't convincing at all. You're up against the hapless old shit sharks. And, you know, the Knights are just going to be cannon fodder in, in finals. They're not... They're going to go into the first week of the finals and get done by 50 points, you know, and that's just the facts of life. And Ponga has gone missing ever since he sort of came back around origin time. He's not been the same player. And, and, and the team, maybe, you know, in, in pie in the sky ways, you're trying to think of maybe I'll use um, other players in the team. We can't always rely on Ponga. Well, there was, you've got one dynamic player in your team, one real dynamic, maybe best is a, is fairly dy- dynamic, but every everything that the Knights are going to do that they're going to do well is going to come from them, them the the richest player in the club, you know. And and Ponga, his interest levels seem down for me, and and the score, um, you know, what did he get today? Thirty eight points at fullback from someone who we think can rival Turbo, you know, like. Wow, you know, like um, when we go through scores, it's some of the worst you'll see in the week from Ponga today. So yeah, look, not happy or good to watch the Knights and the way that they went about business today. And they're not going to have much joy, I don't reckon, moving forward. 
Um, Ponga needs to handle the ball twice a set. You know, he needs to be the voice that says, ball, give me the ball. And, you know, like you look at Tommy when they don't do what he wants. He scream at him. He, he's like, give me the ball. He'll just barge through and take it off people. He, That's your best fullback in the competition. That's, that's your premium fullback. You know, and Teddy if wants the ball, Teddy gets the ball. You know, and in the nights, Pierce is over the hill. He wasn't even a super, super, superstar player ever, in my opinion. He was fair in his day as a, as a player, but he's a good one in six games now. And if you want him handling the ball as much as he is, you're not going to go anywhere. But anyway, that's my little rant on the Newcastle Knights. I feel like I do that too much on my podcast. But yeah, Ponga, 38 today, left 100 points on the field just out there twiddling his thumbs instead of having the ball in his hands and creating um yeah just put a note there about how awesome manly were i mean i worry for them now they've got a soft run home and i think their confidence is good so you know they're going to lose ponga for a couple of weeks but just look at those scores when turbo is in there and in a mood turbo 179 garrick 199 saab even 90 and dce 96 the scores are amazing in there with Turbo and, you know, um, you know, I've put uh, the way Manly played the other night, you'd have to have him again ahead of um, Penrith just on form. But it is a big concern, I guess, for them losing Turbo till finals. I think I have Manly, you know, taking that top four spot. So hopefully they've built a lot of confidence from Turbo um, and they can get him back in in that couple of weeks. But it's a real blow, I think, for them. But um, wow, I mean, what a, what an amazing game by Manly. And, and all of the names in there had great games, but Turbo was just amazing. He was my captain this week. Um, all right, the scores. I'm just focusing on scores from, you know, certain positions because they're, they're the ones that we've all, we all own. We, we all have different hooker combination and, you know, we might have a Turbo and someone else combo in fullback. So anyway, I'm just going to go through scores of the goods, the mediums, the bads. Um, in the hooker position, we'll start for the week. Um, the cheese, obviously, um, you know, he, he, he's been an absolute bloody champion this year. Had a bit of a quiet game the last week or two, but he was back this week with an 82, which is a really good score. Um, and Cookie, um, you know, Souths were, were humming along and Cook, you know, he he created a little bit close to the line as he does with that, those dummy half passes uh, to, you know, get a barge over try. Um, 80 points, you know, so both of those in the 80s are greens. Um and I've got probably of the two, you know, the rest of the ones that people own um, now that Marnie's gone. Brayley with a 54, which is a medium sort of score. You'll take that in, in the in the hooker position. And Grant, um, 64, you know, he, you know, I, I said last week that the, the Cheese and, and Grant probably take a little bit away from each other. And, and Grant would definitely be 100 averaging hooker every week if he didn't have the Cheese there starting the game, if you know what I mean. Like, if he was playing 60, Harry, um, I think he'd be getting 100 points. Um, but just, you know, in, in hooker this week, there was a couple of 80s and there was a couple of around 60s for most owned-type um, hookers. Um, in the fullback, it was pretty interesting. Um, the really good scores for the week were Luttrell. We got a, got a 115. He was pretty good, Luttrell, this week. And... Um, Teddy was good with a 99 as well, just a tick under the 100. He was busy, Teddy. 
Never looks like he's really, you know, he's not as many try assists or tries for Teddy this year, but a lot of tackle busts and a lot of runs for him. But 99 is a really good score in the fullback. And Tommy Turbo, 179. He downdated, lost that try assist, but it's an amazing score, 179. And, you know, um, the people who captained him this week are obviously going to be the ones that are shooting ahead on the ladder. Um, there was no real medium scores for me this week in, in well-owned fullbacks. Um, you've got Pappenhausen, who was garbage, 22. Um, look, you know, you, you, you as a rugby league fan, you want to see T- Pappenhausen, you know, grow in his confidence and get back to where he was, but it it hasn't happened yet. Um, there's been slight improvements, but, you know, he's not the premier, he's not, he's not the best player in the game, and he's not even half as good as, as Hines is in that team, and Melbourne is, doesn't play as well at the moment with Pappenhausen on field than they do when Hines is on field. So um, the scores have been reflective of that. He's not busting the line. He's not making line breaks. Um, it's a bit of a sad watch, you know, for mine when he's on field. And um, I don't know. I mean, Belly Aches a bloody one of the best coaches, if not the best coach of all time. So I'm sure we can trust that he'll do whatever's the right thing. Um, and, you know, Melbourne can get away with it at the moment because they're just runaway leaders of the competition, but they have looked shitter since um, Grant and Pappenhausen have been back. And, and that's you, you can't deny that. They've, they've been shitter since those two have been back. 22 for Paps. Tessie knew, I know that he's, he's in there at the low teens, I think, in ownership. 34, no good. Gutho, absolutely putrid. 24, they got flogged. And you want to, I mean... It's only just rumors, but whether if you do want a million gutho, maybe you need to look in the mirror and um, realize you're not worth a million because 24 went missing in a game where his team needed him. Uh, and look, you know, Ponga, 38, I think he went a little bit missing today as well, just quietly and just in such enormous game and on of the year, you want your superstars to shine, and he did not shine today at all. Uh, Reese Walsh, 74, wasn't you know. Um, you know, knock it out of the park, but still, you know, I'll tell you, if you've got Teddy, Latrell, Walsh, you know, you, you did all right this week, you know, to, compared to the Gutho and Ponger owners, the Pappenhausens, uh, in the 5-8 position, um, we had some greens this week from, from Cody Walker, he tunned up, 121, Cody's warming up, uh, if only he could play in the second half, we imagine if Cody Walker went as well in the second half as he did in the first half, um, and Burton was pretty good there. He's back in his center wing, wasn't he? Position um, seventy one. Dewey he downdated. He he was over the ton, but he got a ninety nine, um, which you'll take that every day of the week. He's a bloody good player, the old Dewey. He's a competitor. Um, and your medium scores this week were Munster, the Mad Dog, sixty eight. Um, you know he just doesn't really get a bad score, does he? And Luai bounced back from his. You know, terrible form, and you can see, obviously, the benefits having Cleary back. Um, 63 points is pretty good. Um, another well-owned um, 5'8 is Schuster, and he got a 33. You know, there were so many other humming players along for Manly, and he just seemed to miss out this week. Uh, and 33 is pretty shit. Um, in the halfback position, you had um, some greens. Um, Cleary was good in his comeback, you know, and, and Penrith look a hell of a lot better. Uh, he should be at least a week for a, a shoulder charge, in my opinion. Um, about 82 and, you know, makes a big difference to Penrith on their charge. And as a rugby league fan, um, I really hope that he doesn't re-trigger the old shoulder and I hope he, 
you know, I mean, I want to see a Penrith with Cleary in it and, you know, see the premiership. At least it'll be a decent grand final if it's a full-strength, you know, Penrith versus a, a full-strength Melbourne Storm, you know. Um, and DCE 96 was really good this week as well. That pass that he did, you know, the cutout off the right or left foot or whatever that, that went out to the winger was a great pass. Um, 96, and a lot's going to fall on his shoulders, you know, with... Um, turbo out for a couple of weeks um the medium scores are medium if at best um sam walker 43 uh, and hughes uh, 43 he did get knocked the fuck out anyway so uh and in the center wing which is a real sort of um lottery and a lot of people have a lot of different players um Corey thompson 73 great score brian kelly was great this week 99 which is a re- really good score um, Bird got a 67, which I think is pretty good in the center wing. Uh, Simmonson over for three tries against Melbourne Storm, and 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 he's pretty well. He, you know, he, there's people that would have had to play him this week and, and got a like an accidental awesome 106th. Um, Saab got a 90 thanks to Tommy Turbo Garrick 199. He downdated. He was over 200, mate, and broke the record for the most points ever in a year or whatever from uh, from um, a manly player. He's having some sort of year, the old Garrick, and, um, you know, thanks to Turbo, he'll, he'll probably, you know, you think he'll go to fullback now. But, um, yeah, Ramian was good this week with an 84. Um, Best was solid enough with a, a 67. Um, you know, you got medium scores in there. Holmes got a 53. 42 from Nofo was okay. Um, and there was some shit scores in there. People who uh, own Tupo, which is me, 31 is shit. Um, Marju 27 is not the best. Um, Sivo got an 11 in, a, in that absolute rolling and Milne, um, a 13. So there was some bad center wing scores in there. I mean, Telekai, a lot of people still have him, uh, a 37, um, which is a bit of a disappointing score. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a funny old round. I think, uh, uh you know, me personally, I got a 31, you know, it was a round of what, 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 what could you have? got you know um because i get a 31 out of tupo and a 20 out of um you know the fox it's like not they, they get one medium score between the two of them but um how did honor gago was laid out wasn't he but yeah you know so i think um oh yeah it's going to be an interesting sort of final series i mean um i'm gonna definitely I might get through to miss a week, you know, skip a week and go through to a lot of the semis in my head-to-heads and some of them I'll be, I doubt I'll get a 17 next week. I might be, even if I trade, it might be 16 for me next week. So I think vice captains, obviously, because you can't even make a 17, are going to be extremely vital um, for you next week and, and captain choices as well because, you know, this week if you captained, you know, Teddy, you know, you... You got 200 as a captain, and your captain turbo, you get 400, and that could just make up for you know, being down a player or two easily. Ten, you know, 16 quality will be 17 trash, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this week, hopefully, I can get back the arrows that I missed last week. 1475 Ponga was a real letdown, you know, and uh, I just I was I, th- I thought the 1500 was beckoning, um, but yeah, so you know, I think, um, Seven out of ten of my leagues is going to get me progress me further, but it's going to be one one hell of a limping finals home. Um, 
Oh, story. I mean, I don't really have... I'll do a quick story. <laughs> Just a little quick one. Um, look, uh, one year... I mean, I live in Queensland, so, I mean, I basically no one... I've got friends who have never ever seen me in a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> or ever seen me with shoes on, because I get around barefoot or bloody in thongs, you know? Um, but anyway, we had... It was years and years ago, but we had like an abnormally sort of cold period of a week, you know, that hit in sort of autumn, I think it was, in Queensland. Um, and Ado had to go off and uh, dust off the old warm clothes because I'd, I'd, you know, live in T-shirts. But anyway, I went up to my cupboard or whatever, the, t- the big up the top bit and went through and I was like, I'm not putting on a big woolen jumper. I'll just grab this f- flanny, you know, because it's just really cold. And um, anyway, I grabbed this flannelette and I put it on and I'm like to the missus, you know, I'm going to go out and grab some things for dinner at Coles and I'll I'll see you in a bit. So I put my flanny on and I get in the car and go to Coles. And anyway, I'm, I've got a basket and I'm walking through Coles. Um, and I walk past this bloke and he's like looking at me like I'm walking around with my, my penis out or something. And I'm like, what, what the hell are you looking at? But he never said anything to me. He's just looking at me really weird. And anyway, I keep shopping and I'm going, you know, go down a couple more aisles and this girl... I don't know, in her 20s or whatever, and she like looks at me and she's like, yeah, I love your shirt, mate. And I look down at my shirt and I'm like, a flanny? And she's like, yeah, real funny, mate, real funny. And she like points to the opposite side of what I'm looking at. And I look down at my left pocket on these, this flannelette and I've got like a whole, <laughs> I've got like a whole fully dried dog shit. I'm stuck to my flannel head because obviously the last time that it's ever been in my <laughs> in my cupboard, one of the dogs has taken a fucking dump on my um, flanny and it's just sat there for like years in the cupboard and it was like credit card hard, you know, but I was just, it looks like I was wearing it like it was a bloody badge, a, a dog shit badge. Oh, mate. And um, straight back to the car for Ado and... Um, you know, because I don't want to touch poo, and I could have just maybe flicked it off, I don't know, but I went to the car, and luckily I had, um, you know, some clothes in the car, and I <laughs> had to change it, but I, I was, I obviously had gone out in public for a brief while with a, a little dog shit um, name badge, you know, so anyway, that's, that's my story for the week. Now, I am uh, hoping to have a guest on the, the show this week, um, and we'll hopefully be talking to them uh, next, so the next you'll hear will be them, hopefully. Oh, what the fuck? I can't press any buttons on here. Then next. All right, well, I'm back here with a fabulous guest. It's actually really good to have them on my show rather than me being on on their show. Uh, it's welcome to the wonderful Brent Hampton. How are you, buddy? Hey, that's good, mate. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I think definitely due to jump on yours. You've been a, a regular on BJ on game day, so it's, it's a pleasure to join you, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, we were just talking off air, fourteen seventy five for the for the week for me, um, which I think is you know probably just a tick over par. So hopefully I still see green arrows. And you know I was talking at the top of the show. I've I've bumped off Tim Moody in the Turbo Zambies Cup in round one of the finals. Oh well done, big win. That's a scalp you'll take, especially in finals, mate. He's flying of late, so yeah. He was in the fourteen hundreds. I was getting a bit yeah. worried in the in the last game there because Ramian scored early. I think he's in a fourteen thirty. So I've got a thirty point buffer, which yeah. should see me over the line. Um, are you in the finals of the Turbos, Hammies? Not the finals you want to be in, and I've been absolutely sausage by uh, 
Cups tabs this week, so I'm, I'm done and dusted, mate. No need to chat about my campaign in that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I had a sort of came home with a wet sail. I won like seven in a row, and then I lost in the last round against Tim Moody there. He, go, he, he sausaged me big time there, but... You know, this week he had a couple of things that went wrong. He had Maddo got sent off and um, Kikau got mm. got a, a, a bin. And, um, you know, I just I, I need this week off, you know, to get a Because the big news, obviously, Turbo out and a lot of people have lost CHN and Hughes. And mm. it, it's a, it's carnage. Havoc, mate. Havoc, I have heard in the last hour or so, Turbo fractured. Cheekbone or jaw, whatever it is. So yeah, that's that's unbelievable news at this point of year, especially uh, given the form and the lack of trades of Christmas God, holy totally what a spanner. Yeah, it's gonna be like um, finals where people it's like fifteen versus sixteen. <laughs> you know, like mm. pe- people might have a trade or two at max, but with the amount of people that we've got out, I don't think there's anything you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Crazy. Yeah, now, all right, well, we'll get into the show. The things I wanted to talk to you about this week um, were, obviously, we'll do the game show, but I want to talk about some prospects for next year. I know that it's still going in this year, but just it's interesting to think about some players who, you know, you think could be on your radar for next year. I mean, there's ones, obviously, the question that everyone asks is, who are the my must-have starts for next year and who do you think are going to be a couple of bargain or you know increased role type players for next year because you know one of the sad realities are that when you've got these million dollar players i mean garrick's going to be a million dollars you know like mm. um you can't you can't obviously start next year with four out and out guns or five out and out guns so you probably have to make choices i guess of maybe three or two million dollar players and then mm. some middies um yeah yeah, I don't know. I think this season's been pretty pretty different. Amos, as you'd probably agree, we've never seen scoring this big, this consistently, whether it's, you know, coincides with the rule changes and, um, you know, fatigue out on the field. I don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, the, the scores we're seeing this year are unprecedented from a number of places, whether it's Pat, Leary, Turbo, um, you know, it's been on another planet. So, you know, I've been someone that would generally look at back rowers first, look at the, the meat and potatoes, those like safe schools each week. They get you that 70, 80 um, pretty consistently in the past. But I think, you know, the future of Supercoach is now the guy that, you know, gets the, that has the 150, 200 ceiling, like he clearies and your turbos have got to be the first pick yeah. in yeah. the future moving forward. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I've got down. I, I've got my three that I'll start next year, you know, um, as definites, which are going to be your high-priced ones, are going to be Turbo and Cleary. I think that, um, you know, Turbo is probably has the biggest ceiling of any of the fullbacks. Um, you know, Teddy's had a, a rough old year with, um, you know, with the Roosters and all the outs, and I guess maybe a full-strength Roosters brings him back into the reckoning as probably a high scorer. But, um, and, you know, Paps at full health was doing pretty good as well. But for me, Turbo, as long as he's playing the game and he's not injured, he will, he'll will he be the uh, averaging a, over 100, and so will Cleary. So I'll probably look to start next year with him. And I guess um, my third name, um, you let me know what you think about this, is probably Harry Grant. Um, you like to think that maybe next year they he, he gets into more minutes, and I think that even with 60, 65 minutes, Harry Grant will average 100. Um, and this year, it's just been a real piece of shit area 
um, mm. position the hooker. You know, like I got eighty, I got eighty this week from um, Cook, which was good. Um, but you know, you've got Harry Grant who can come out in forty-five minutes and score. You know that. No, awesome shout, Harry Grant. Definitely, he's probably my third on the list as well for next year, mate. He's he's, um, he's a phenomenal player, and as you said, in that hooker position where it's been a bit of a graveyard this year. Um, you know, even I mean, Reid Marnie's probably had a breakout year than the other one, but a lot of the other guys have been really inconsistent. So yeah, loving that. That'd be really good. It'll be interesting to see how he finishes up the year because it might not be too expensive for next year if he keeps playing, you know, 40, mm. 50 minutes. But I guess it just depends in the next few weeks um, what happens there. But, yeah, phenomenal player of the future. And um, as a New South Wales New South Wales fan, pretty scared at the, mm. the thought of Harry Grant for the next sort of 10 years, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. And, you know, I've written down a whole bunch of sort of names that I can throw at you and you can tell me what you think of these for bargain buyers next year. Um yep. Well, I've got number one will be Pappenhausen because basically with these minutes that he's getting towards the end of Supercoach this year, um, you know, it's really affecting his average and he's going to come cheap as chips next year. 100%, mate. I uh, had a bit of a think about it when you messaged me earlier in the week and he was at the top of the list. Absolutely, just given what's happened. He plummeted from grace. He was at 800 k but yeah, given the incentive playing, you know, 20 minutes here and there, he's probably going to be, you know, probably sub 500k next year, which is crazy. I'd imagine yeah. Turbo and Paps will be the combo. Young fullbacks to start the year for anyone that's dead set. I mean, it's pretty crazy, right? Like, I'm a big fan of Latrell Mitchell when, when he turns it on. You've got guys like um, Teddy, obviously, and KP, who on their day can do it. But, yeah, it'd be hard for us to look past Turbo and Pap to start 2022, that's for sure, mate, in my books, 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll throw some other names at you. You know, another big performance today by Josh Curran from the Warriors. Um, he's always been pegged as a great um, super coach friendly type player, but when he gets these minutes, and especially if he plays eighty, he can he tons up. He's got tackle break, he's got ball play, he's a competitor. Um, you know, he to me he's like a back rower that can get a hundred. You know, like he, he he's 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 dead set looks a prospect and a half. Yeah, well, he, he was one of those ones, I think, in the last couple of years. He had the wraps on him. I think he was at the Chooks, if mm, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He comes through at the Chooks, and I guess anyone they've held on to this is going to be pretty reasonable because they've either poached them um, from somewhere at some point or, you know, held on to them because they look all right. But, yeah, he, he's had wraps the last couple of years, but yeah, he's coming this year, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's getting um, to go. He's getting to go this year, and, you know, he he's in he's in 400s at the moment, so he's probably not... You're probably not going to get priced out of him, you know. And mm-hmm. this year, players that we thought like, um, you know, you got Mato who comes with concussion and minutes now concerns whether he's going to play the full eighty. And you've got, you know, how many for us Angus Crichton owners? You've lost him for what mm-hmm. six, seven weeks of the year because he's getting mm-hmm. a bit of a rap sheet, you know. So I think he could be a, a sort of a mid midi type price option for next year. Um, and, and someone obviously who I don't know if this is going to keep going, but um, it looks like Aitken next year will be dual for for you know at the at the most. Um, oh, sorry, at the least he'll be dual. He'll be second row um, center wing, and if he's playing in the second row, um, he seems to be really suited um, to the second row for good scores. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. I don't know how nice the price is going to be because they're both in good form at the moment. And- Obviously, Curran this afternoon turned up again, so he's mm. going on, I think, back-to-back times. So he might finish a year a bit, a bit mm. juicy. But, um, 
Yeah, hundred percent agree. I think Aiken looks unreal. If he's if he's got that duality between second row and, mm. and centre wing, and he's playing in the back row, he's he's an unreal back row. In the last few weeks, he's been playing there, and yeah, he's he's real busy. He's got all the base, um, busts a heap of tackles, and can score tries. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent good target. For yeah, he could be one of those. He could be the jewel that we all want. You know, next year. Um, yeah. Another couple of names I've got there is uh, Xavier Coates. I think obviously any player that goes down to Melbourne. Um, you know, it succeeds, and I think on the back of their back line, I really like Coates as a, you know, with the speed and the, um, you know, the attack. I think he can be, um, you know, a player next year that will be, you know, what we all thought. Remus Smith in at, at his in his moments this year was was a good player, but I think Coates is even better, you know, and I think he'll do really well in the Melbourne system. Yeah, well, so he's playing. He's playing on the right side of Brisbane when he plays at the moment, and that um, do you reckon he stays on the right? Does he take Josh Adokar's left wing? Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, and I think that they'll probably whatever Coates wants or whatever works best for Coates in or and in the team they'll do because I think he's he he's a real prospect. So I think and he'll be cheap as next year too because of all of the stuffing around his cop this year. Agreed, he will be cheap, and I think just given, like you said, the fact he's going to join that Melbourne back line, I guess it doesn't matter if it's the left or the right side, but um, yeah, I think he's he's very much like Ado Carr, and he's obviously probably not as quick, he's a bit taller, more of a target in the air, but I think what you will see from him is probably similar scoring to Ado Carr, there's going to be weeks where he scores 100, 100 plus and um, scores three or four tries, and then there might be the weeks where he... He doesn't score the tries and his base isn't that good, but you'll just have to wear it with him. I think he was cheap enough. Yeah, you it might get sweet. some price rises and stuff yeah. down there. Um, Kurt Capewell, he's going to obviously go to the Broncos. Do you think he'd just become an 80-minute player, you know, like which is something that he hasn't got and he's, you know, been a sort of sort of an okay own, I guess, at times in his career. But you think that going over there as a Queensland representative um, to the Broncos, you'll get 80 minutes, you know? Yeah, 100%. And he might be one that retains that duality, hopefully, as well. So he might have a little nice little pair up there between Aitken and Katewell. Um, and yeah, he's been, on, been a bit quiet the last sort of a month or two. Mm. And also, I think I started the year with Katewell. Yeah. I think he's sub 400k. Yeah, so you'll so. be cheap as, and he'll start yeah. in an 80 minute role. Now, for that same reason, mm. I think Liam Martin becomes a prospect next year because he's going to come back from the bench you'd think, and, and play on in on the edge, you know, start starting lineup, And he's actually a really good scorer when he gets, you know, good minutes in the back row. He agreed to be, I guess. I don't expect TVJ to take an edge off him, but I'll, I'll be interested to see how they use TVJ. But I suppose he's moving to the dogs, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to the dogs. So, it's I mean, yeah, um, for next so year. yeah, good shout. I think um, Martin's one of those, the next sort of young back rowers coming through. He's like, runs like headless chook, hits the holes, you know, he's... Defends well. He's definitely going to be. I reckon he might be a little bit of a, a differential to start year yeah. next year, mate. Because um, not many people might jump on him straight away. But yeah, I think he's a good shout if he's locked down that yep. vacant edge. I just put down. I don't even know the price or what he's yeah. doing um, for RFM. He he mm-hmm. is a bit of a, a super coach friendly player. Um, and I know he's had his injury concerns, but you'd think that on the limited games and and he's gone off injured you know, and played limited minutes as well. His average is terrible. So you think he, if he comes back to full health, you know, he might be somebody to keep an eye on if you need, you know, like a midi, you know, type player next year, maybe. Definitely might be like a little bit like a CRH in a yeah. year, like, like yep. 200K or something. You just yep. feel him in that background. 
doing the job. Yep, uh, and for that reason, I've got people like Suwali, who obviously, you know, did okay, but sort of was used in only a couple of games, and he'll he'll obviously start in that Roosters team next year, you'd think. Um, and I've also got in there Billy Smith, you know, who obviously has had a wretched run of injuries, um, but you you wouldn't think that the um, the other Morris boy goes around, ne- uh, you know, um, Josh goes around next year. Um, so there's going to be spots, you know, there's going to be spots. Yeah, definitely. There's some good young kids coming through. And, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see that next sort of breed come through after the Morris boys and that sort of thing with Swali and Billy, as you said. Yeah, and, I mean, the last ones I've got is obviously Luai, who's gone off a cliff this year. But you could even just see a resurgence in his score this week with having Cleary back. So next year you could have someone who's like 300s. You know, maybe low for hundred that um, you know has Cleary with him and has potential to score as well as you know Luai did at the start of the year. But do you think that a lot of people will be sort of put off owning him again after the? Oh, see, I, I, jumped, I didn't start season with him. I got on him. It was like he peaked at around five fifty k. He was in that form that you were talking about. And I think I've said it to you before. Uh, me picking him up coincided with him plummeting and never returning from the depths of hell. But I think just being that Penrith side and, and his Cleary back there, if he's like some sub 400k or something like that, he's, yeah, I'd be, he's too dangerous. He's got too much potential to not start with him, regardless of how he's been going in yeah. the last couple of months. I think he, he'd be, I'd probably lock him and Cleary to start the halves if he was starting any anything under 400k at 5'8". Yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, anyone who's in a team, like, Saab becomes more relevant just because Turbo's there. So does DCE and obviously Garrick. But, you know, mm. I think that for Luai, it can't be understated what it's like to play next to Cleary. So um, the only other name I've got is um, Jack Bird, who's had a pretty tidy old year, and he, he'll he be dual next year as well because he's played some back row. Um, but he's played a bit of fullback in recent times as well. It'll be mm. interesting to know what his dual, duality is going to be next year. Because he's played as many games in the back row as he's played on in fullback, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it'll be an interesting watch. They might have to triple him up. We might get our first uh, three. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think they do that. No, I don't think so. You know, I'm a massive Jack Bird fan, Ados. Um, sort of when he moved to Brisbane, he went, he got a bit, he went a bit quiet for a little while there, but it looks like he's sort of back and got some footy under his belt. Real keen to see how he goes around next year. But I'm a massive, massive Jack Bird fan, so yeah, I like it. Yeah, um, all right, and um, on to the next bit. We've got um, the biggest successes and, and biggest fails of your year this year. Oh, jeez. Jeez, there's been a few failures. The list of failures would be a long one. I reckon <laughs> the biggest failures for me, there'll be, there's probably four that stand out, and I'll quickly go through them. The biggest failures for me were, so I was probably more high on David Fafita than anyone to start the year. And very late in the piece, just before the season kicked off, some strange reason I decided to get off him. So that really, you know, you talk about going with your gut with things, you know, decisions that you make playing super coach. That really rubbed me the wrong way to start the year off with him, you know, going absolutely berserk. And I was so on him and everything. I um, didn't start with him. That, that killed me. Um, same with Paps. Not long before the season started, I, also, I went back and had a look at how he went. You know, at fullback last year, and there was he had, he had a bit of a flaw on him. I was like, oh, you know, he did play the whole year at fullback. There'd be no Smith there now. Um, 
I wasn't too sure on him, and then I think was it which game came out pretty early on. Was it the first game of the year or something? And he scored the two hundred mm. Brisbane. So that was a shit start to the year. Obviously, the way it panned out for him, I probably you know, dodged a bit of a bullet there. But straight off the bat, I think those two killed it to start the year. And they were two guys that I think if you go back and look at um, these on game day, bloody you know preseason show where we first did a team review, I think I had them both in. Yeah. Um, so that that really fucked my start of the year. Um, and there's probably only, like, apart from that, I miss Cleary as captain when he scored the 225 against oh, the Titans that week. Yeah, that'll hurt. Record, which, you know, like, if you miss that sort of captain in a year like this, it was always going to be hard. But, um, I mean, that's where it sort of started to go a bit downhill for me. I think that was around 10-ish, give or take, don't quote me. And then, but the two guys that really have hurt me have been bad decisions because I've been just stubborn is um, not getting on Nico Hines. Mm. I think, you know, everyone that was... Knew anything about Supercoach got on him, and I just wasn't convinced. I don't know what it was. I just thought, nah, I'm not sold on him. Everyone's getting on him. I just can't do it. And he just, every single week <laughs> for about two months there, he just blew up and just kept consistently doing it. It was just, it was a, it was a, a pod nightmare, you know. He was, um, he had spiders on him every week. He was mm. just scoring so many points, and and uh, that killed me. Um, not jumping on lines, and I never did. I just stayed. I stick to my guns and. Mm. You know, when he went 600k, 700k, I just didn't get on him and just kept <laughs> scoring points and, and still is at mm. this point, mate. So, yeah, um, and I mean, he looks like, I mean, you'd think that um, Hughes is going to have to at least have a week off and, and you'd think mm. that um, Hines goes into the halves there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got guys like Munster who's always, you know, always good for rest. And Paps obviously doesn't look like himself still. So mm. you know, I still think there's plenty of value left in those high, that Hines when oh. on him. And, yeah, and I mean, if um, you own him, you, you can't trade him because you've got a more pressing things to deal with, I'm sure, with your last couple of trades, you know. Oh, especially at this point of the year, mate. I think if you've got him at centre wing, which majority of people probably would, You've got to have bigger problems than worrying about <laughs> getting off Hines at this point now. So, yeah, that one really stung. And then the only other one that hurt that's probably been more recent and the fact that he's just been scoring so big in the last couple, last month or whatever is Garrick. Um, yeah, oh, Garrick. It was a, a, I could have got him in at one point there for around 500k or whatever. And I thought, nah, I just can't do it. And, um, you know, the rest of his history, he's, he's scored a couple hundreds or some, oh. some big... Yeah, like se- seven of them. The weekend, yeah, seven, know, so. 700s. And I mean, in a week where you're like, you're Captain Turbo for just out at 400, and then you get 200 from Garrick, mm. it's 600 points for two players. It's just insane. Even, um, yeah, so that were probably the two words that hurt me. But even like, I was a big fan of Saab when he was at the Dragons, and I didn't start with him this year. And I just think, uh, I don't know why I didn't do it, but at one point, I think I had him in there, and I just thought, Things like that, like if I had him in, I probably would have kept him because everyone would have just held him because he bottomed out sort of thing. And then Turbo comes back, he starts scoring hundreds, and he's the sort of guy, like, if you know anything about Supercoach, you're playing him when Turbo's playing and they have a good matchup. And it just would have made a real big difference to my year, you know, like, talking hundreds of points this year, these guys have been scoring. I think I heard the stat last night, it was like Turbo, Garrick and Sabrell had scored 19 tries each so yeah. far this season. That was early on in the game last yeah. uh, last night. And um, there, there's never been a team that have had three players score 20 tries or more and, you know, we'll see what happens. But just those things, mate, like mm. it probably wasn't a disaster of a year, but just because of the, the ceiling of some of these guys this year, it's meant missing hundreds of points and it's mm. just... I haven't been able to make it up anyway because he's just been doing it consistently. 
Oh, I tell you what, you know what, what? My biggest mistake of the year, which is is developing as we as we go, is bringing in. I I miscalculated my money. I was going to bring in Gagai and DCE, and I I was fifteen grand short somehow because I'd worked out the maths wrong. And so instead of getting Gagai, I went the Fox, and he's ever since then his highest score is twenty. I've had him. I've got forty total points from him in in the in the games I played him in, and though the two he, since I've had him, it's his two lowest scores of the year, and no tries. You know he was in the hunt for the leading try scorer of the year, and he hasn't got a bloody pie since. And you know, like there's a difference between you know me being in the top one hundred. You know, like I just miscalculated the old funds, and Gagai has been scoring. You know, he's got a better base. You know, seventies, and I know he was out injured this week, but. You know, who cares? I only got 20 from bloody the Fox. You think he'd be a bit more hungry to go looking for the ball because he's only got a few more games with Melbourne left and then he's going to the dogs. Yeah, it makes you sick, doesn't it? It's a cruel mistress, the old super coach. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you just watch little things in the games and you just think, oh, come on. Like it was, you know, one one decision or something in a lead up or whatever. They haven't tried this allowed and you just think, ah, oh, come on, this is, this is fucked. But, um, yeah, it can be pretty rough. But you're still having a stellar year, mate. Hopefully he ends up being a nice differential to finish the year because yeah. there probably won't be many on him. Um, yeah. Well, give it recent form, he might um, be able to make it up in the next couple of weeks. For yeah, yeah let's, he's hoping. Anyway, all right, we'll move <laughs> on to the next bit. This is something that I'm going to start doing on the show because I, I was listening to a show the other day where the host does this exact same thing and it made me laugh my fucking ass off. So um, if you could have any superpower, what, what would it be? Because I'm going to respond with a side effect. I'm going to t- I, I get to pick it. I'll just tell you what a side effect of your, right. of your whatever um, your chosen superhero power is. Oh, that's a good one. Um, geez, I... On the spot here, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> I wasn't very fast when I was a kid growing up, so I probably wouldn't mind speed. But I reckon there's um like time travel uh, superpower. Or... Yeah, all right. Yeah, you can uh, the power time superpower of being able to travel through time. Yeah. Uh, oh, jeez, that's tough. I think it'd be fun to fly as well. But um, yeah, let's go with time travel. All I'm right. Thinking about how I might be a superhero here. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll say that your side effect of of time travel. <laughs> Being able to time travel is that whichever time you travel to, you've, you're the biggest villain of the time. So, you know, if you, if you go to 1918, you're, you're Hitler, you know, like, or if you go to, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and you're like Kim, Kim Jong-un, or if, you, if you're in today's time. Yeah, okay. yeah, so you can time travel, but you can only go back and be villains of the time. I reckon I could live with that, mate. I reckon I'd... Um... You know, be able to benefit off the back of that time travel without being too phased without being the biggest villain in the world. I'll take that. Fair enough. I mean, I I asked one the other day. I was like, what would you like as a superpower? And the person was like, I'd like to be able to be invisible whenever I want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, and your side effect would be that, yep, you're invisible, but you stink like dog shit. Like... And so wherever you are, people don't know why, but they just smell dog shit. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, so whatever you're doing, man, you can, you're invisible, but you stink to high hell. And uh, it just... I like it. Yeah, it was a lot of laughs we had about that That's one. Good. I do like that. I keep going with that stuff. That's good. <laughs> All right, beautiful. Well, we'll go into the game show now. I'll put on my little game show music and we'll we'll hit the game show.
<laughs> That's my intro music for my game show. Love it. Yep. Um, all right, so we're going to do it, and it's it'll be um, obviously Newcastle Knights themed because you're a Newcastle Knights fan. What do you think of them today? Oh, man, this is the... I've learnt nothing else from being a Newcastle fan over the last five, ten years. I mean, we've, I've experienced back-to-back-to-back spoons, so you don't set the bar too high, but they just, you know, consistently never consistent. Um, they can put in a good performance every now and then, and you just hope, but, yeah, just just um, lack that ability to just put a team away or just keep building pressure and, and really strangle teams out of it. Um, even with someone like KP at the back there, you just look at, like we said, I don't want to go too far off it, but all these other fullbacks in the game, like Turbo and Teddy, Latrell, Pat, um, you know, they make teams pay. I'm just not seeing that from KP at the moment. And we've got a great forward pack, and so no excuses, but frustrating, frustrating. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you've got you've got effort players in the game, and you know the way that Ch- Teddy just he's got a hunger for the ball, and Turbo when he wants the ball, he just says, "Give it, give me the ball." And, um, mm. you know, it, it, you don't see that from Ponga. And, you know, Clifford and, and Pierce just control too many five, you know, fifth tackle plays. And you, you just sit there going, Ponga's got the silkiest pass, you know, um, you know, ever. And, and Clifford's just going and kicking it into people's legs on the fifth, you know, like, uh, it just bizarre. I think the, one of the big differences is like, even with Turbo, the way man would get him in a position where teams can't stop him. When he gets to that sort of second or third defender in, out wide, and he's got a bit of room, they just cannot stop him. It doesn't matter what the option he chooses. And I don't know if it's just the way we coach or something like that, but I just feel like just getting the ball in the wrong, oh, shit. wrong position sometimes and just, yeah, just really frustrating. I'm probably his worst, harshest critic of KB because I know how much we paid for him. People see a good game from him, especially in Supercoach, and just get all over him. But... He has very uh, a lot of games in between that are not nothing special. Well, KP he needs to needs to find a bit more consistency in the ladder. I hope it improves in the next couple of years before he leaves and probably fucking goes to the All Blacks and we're completely fucked. Yeah, well, and that's it. I think um, you know you, you you yeah you just want to see hopefully. I mean, I think maybe this year he's been injured a few times and. I think that Adam O'Brien, you know, you can see definitely today that his plan was, you know, don't just rely on KP because they're all expecting him and they're going to be marking him hard. But, I mean, Ponga, even when they're putting up big bombs, he used to chase those through and compete against the opposing fullback and go for a grab, but he's not even doing that. So, yeah, look, they got the win and I, I had the Knights pegged to go into the eight, but they're going to get done by 40-plus points whenever they play in the, in the what, semis. It's like whoever's banking out that bottom, what, four or five spots is just going to be there to participate, right? Like they're just going to be on the end of it. Yeah, and or they could just get embarrassed out hard, you yeah. know. So, but anyway, <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to ask on the quiz um, Knights-themed um, Supercoach questions. There's 16 points up for grabs. Some of them will have bonus points. Um, and obviously you heard there me just was cycling through on my buzzer noise, um, which I'll press if you get it wrong. <laughs> That's the buzzer noise. All right, so that's a wrong answer. What's a right answer? You got a, a right uh, answer? Yeah, noise I don't. Or? No, I, I haven't actually. Everyone that comes on the show says you should get a right one. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just tell you that you're right. <laughs> yeah, now, sounds good. The thing that you should know about this is that this um, is as of last round because when lockout hasn't finished, you know. So take 
take what you think the scores or the what the answers are from last completed round, not this round. Uh-huh. Sounds good, mate. Um, I want you to tell me who the highest owned um, Knights player is in Supercoach. Oh, would it be Mitch Barnett? Mitch Barnett? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yep, yeah, no Mitch Barnett, but you, you, there's a bonus point on offer for the second moat, so you can have another crack and, and you might get one point out of it. Oh, jeez. Um, I thought it might have been Mitch Barnett for sure. Would it be Cody Watson? Connor Watson, sorry, Cody Watson. Connor Watson is correct. He's the second oh, yeah. second highest owned um, Knights player. So you yeah. get one there. The highest owned Knights player is Jaden Braley. Oh, still, wow. Yeah, I mean, I look, as of last round, yeah, 25.3%. I think it's probably, he's my backup, um, you know, dummy half because a lot of people just couldn't get him out. They just went for a, a Grant or a Cook and just said, well, Braley doesn't score terrible. I'll just keep him as my backup hooker. Yeah, fair call. I still got him as well. I just thought, yeah, he hasn't been. I mean, he hasn't had a terrible year. He just hasn't had the the huge scores, especially in the last you know, couple months. Yeah, you got fifty odd this week. Fifty four, not bad. Mm. Oh, all right, mm. so you get one point out of that one. Um, which Knights player has the most tackle breaks this year? Oh, Probably think of someone who's played most near all the games because I mean, you you naturally would think maybe Ponger or you know Best, but yeah, they've played Ponger, limited yeah. lim- limited uh, games. Tackle Buster. I'm just trying to think. Oh, jeez. This is, you got me on, under the pump here, especially all the Knights. Christians, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Big Dancer Fee, would it? I can't even get to my wrong answer. Fuck, but... it's a wrong answer, is it? Fuck. How am I going? But you get, you get the backup person as well. So, yep, no Dancer Fee. I could probably say Connor Watson again, but Connor Watson is correct. He's the, he's, the, he's the number one. He's got 116 points in tackle breaks, and the person who was in second is Kurt Mann, everybody's favourite. Oh, yeah. I'm not good at any position, but he he tackle he tackle breaks 94 points in in tackle breaks for Kurt Mann. Um, how many uh, hundreds does Tyson Frizzell have this year? Oh, jeez. He missed a bit of time as well. I'm tired. Has he got, has oh. he got over... How many times has he got over 100 this year? Oh. See, Tyson's the sort of player I'd take notice if he started pumping out the tongue. So I don't think he'd be many. I reckon... I'm a big fan of him, but I don't think he's been killing it. Is it... Oh, has he had one? I don't know if he's even... Has he, is this a trick question? No, no, no uh, trick questions. It's got to be a minimum one, you know. Okay. Uh, I don't think he's... I don't think he's had two. I'll go one. I don't think he's had two. That's correct. He's got one yeah. ton. One ton this year. There you go. Now, can you tell me who's got the um, lowest uh, score of the year for the Knights? It's two players that have gone off very early in a game that got HIAs and didn't or got injuries and didn't come back. One's a outside back and one's a front rower. If you can get uh, either of those names. Jeez. I would have thought if before you said that, I would have probably thought someone like Brady Jones might have had one of the lowest scores. I'll um, tell you the lowest score is two points. Fucking outside back. Mm. 
Heimel Hunt got knocked out. Oh, that's well. correct. Yeah, last week. Yeah, maybe, what a nice it? grab. Yeah, because he uh, he got a two. Yeah, he got knocked out. That was that came to mind, and then the other one was a, a forward. Did you say? Yeah. Oh, I can't help but think something happened. Oh, who the fuck the forwards? Was it Lachlan Fitzgibbon? It was Big Jacob Saifidi. Two points. Uh, yeah, but that's right. I'll give you two yeah. for two in there. Uh, who are the top five um, goal kickers um, in the whole of, you know, for all teams this year? Top five goal kickers. So who's got the most points in Supercoach from goals? Oh, I'd have to say in any order. Any order, yeah. There's five of them, so we'll just give you whatever you get out of five yeah, guesses. So, Garrick? Garrick is number two with 344, correct. Adam Reynolds? A-Ray, he's number one. Cleary'd have to be up there. Cleary's number three. So you got one, two, three. Five. Is Mitch Moses in there? Mitch Moses? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I'm just trying to think who else is, is picking goals well. Oh, because Hines and um, Paps sort of had shared it for a bit, so I don't know if they've spent enough time. So you probably have to think of teams where they've exclusively had sort of one kicker. Yeah, I still got, got to get You got one more guess. Now, yeah, one more. Um, I'm just trying to fucking think who's a team that's actually been scoring some points that have been doing all right. Um... <laughs> Jeez, who could it be? Um, honestly, I actually would not have a clue. All right, it's uh, Dewey is the next on the list. Oh, Adam sure. Dewey, two fifty. Who's got a pretty good kick percentage too? He's, he does. He's he not does, a bad one. But yeah. um, and actually, Jamal Fogarty. It's, it's there you good. go. Yeah, but you got uh, you got what? One, two, three, three. Yeah, we got three on there. All right. Well, and this is uh, the final question of the night. Uh, who are the top five averaging hookers this year in Supercoach? Oh, jeez. You put me under the pump again. Uh, on average? Yep, just average. And it'd have to be Reed Larnie. It'd have to be one, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's number three with a 67.8. Um, top, did you say top three? Top five. Jesus. Um... Cookie, you'd have to be up there. Cook's number five. So you got three and five. Number five. Um, who else has been? Brendan Smith's been on a tear. Yeah, the cheese. He's number two for average. 67.9. Fuck. Is he number two? We haven't had number one yet. Yeah, number one for average. Pretty handy old hooker. Fuck. It couldn't be... I feel like Brady hasn't been terrible, but I don't know. Like, he'd still have like a sixty, like around a sixty average, which isn't bad. Uh, Brayley's got to be in there, doesn't he? No, Brayley. Oh. So there's two names, oh. and you got one more guess. Well, there's not that many hookers left. It's like <laughs> um, said, pretty handy old hooker. This one, for well, a good, good average. average. It, could, it could be Harry. It was averages. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mean you got to lock it in if you want it. Uh, and then I'm trying to think. I can't, I'm struggling to think of another hooker that's decent enough to... Uh, <laughs> I can't even think. i got Benny Hunt in my team. He's been pretty good. I, average, I'd have to go Harry. 
Yes, that's correct. He's the number one averaging hooker, Harry Grant. And like, uh, just because he come back so good, like mm, he, he just kills it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, that's why I say if he plays 65 minutes, you get nearly 100. But Hunt is at number four with a 67.3. Oh, really? Yeah. So you get... you get no Bradley. Yeah, you get four. No, no Bradley. All right, so let's tally, let's tally up the scores here. You get um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You got 11 out of 16. Oh, that's all right. That's yeah, not too bad. It's not too bad. It's a, it's definitely it's not the top scorer of the year. I think last okay. last week, um, Mike from the Mike and Sabs got thirteen. So, oh, but he well he knows his Penrith pretty well. So you know, anyway. But um, well done, and you you got eleven. And uh, the Knights are a tough old team. I, even when I was looking at like the stats, they don't have any sort of standouts in any of them. You know, like. Mm. Um, yeah, you, you, tackle breaks, you wouldn't naturally think Watson and Mann, you know, like, because yeah. Watson plays so many short games off the bench, but that's just the yeah. way the Knights are. <laughs> yeah, and AOV's a bloody take a tip and raffle with him at times as well, the things he does with players, and it's hard to predict what will happen next sometimes. Yeah, all right, well, um, what will we do to finish? I'll get um, my song up so that I can sing you out, and thanks very much for coming on the show. No worries, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have you on and and return the favour for you coming on mine and um, for for you letting me go on yours. Oh, no, that's the game show. Um, Where's my... Here's my my song I sing you out with, but thanks for coming on the show. And I've got Brent from BJ on Game Day. How awesome is it to have him on the show? He did the quiz for me. We went through some names for players for next year. He's having a bludger of a year. But what a nice guy. Thanks for coming on the show, Brent Hampton. You dead set champion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no worries. Thanks, buddy. Have a good night, eh? And thanks for coming on. Thanks, mate. You too. Cheers. Cheers, mate. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. And, uh... I'm going to pause. Fun, yeah, thanks. Fun. Okay. Fun. Uh, enjoy myself. Well, thanks for having me. No worries. Pleasure. Talk to you Take soon, mate. Bye. See you.